Welcome to The Shit Women Can't Say, a weekly podcast where we talk about all the shit women have thought about at one time or another. This week, we're talking married single parents. That's right, this one is for all the mamas doing it all. Hi everybody, I'm TJ. And I'm Liv. Can you be married and still a single parent? Well, according to a study run by TheBump.com and ForbesWomen.com in 2011, a vast number of women said yes. Fast forward more than a decade, and I've got to say, we don't seem to have made much improvement on this. So what exactly do we mean when we say a married single parent? Ms. Diamond? Ooh, loaded question. Um, It's when you have a partner, whether you're married, you're not married, um, straight, or any other uh, part of the spectrum, I guess. Um, and you are the person who does it all. You have the kids, you look after them, you make the appointments, you do all that stuff. And then you cook and you clean and you take care of the yard work and the animals and the appointment bookings and the sometimes even, you know, house repairs and changing light bulbs and moving furniture and getting the oil change on the car. And it goes on and on and on. And your partner does nothing or very little. Yeah, and then there's also, I think, um, when you have a relationship and you just, maybe circumstantially, your life just kind of defaults to one person, right? So, like for my husband and I, we, as much as we try, like we're a partnership and we do try to support each other as best we can because of the circumstances of our life, our jobs. Um, we both work. He's a shift worker. I think that's huge. That's a huge, huge thing for shift workers, I think. But um, we basically are kind of like ships passing. And just by default, because of those certain factors that I just mentioned, we are single parents. Mm-hmm. When we, you know, Paul's at work, I'm home with Mia and I'm essentially the single parent there. I'm, you know, we're going to birthday parties, we're doing the appointments, we're doing the grocery shopping, whatever errands need to get done, you know, um, depending on what shift Paul's working. You know, I go to work all day, come home, pick Mia up, and I ha- I'm, again, I'm alone. And I am dealing with, you know, cooking dinner and, you know, whatever school stuff is there and um, the nighttime routine and putting her to bed. And it's just her and I. Mm-hmm. But I'm not technically single. No. But... That, so that's what that piece means for me. But for you, it's a little bit different, but still within the same construct of a marriage. That's right. Yeah. My like my partner, he works uh, full time. And I think sometimes people look at stay at home moms or uh, part time working moms or whatever it is as, well, your husband works full time or your partner works full time. So why can't you take care of everything? Mm-hmm. And regardless, I I don't think it's fair. It's just like you and Paul, Mm -hmm. and I guess this is where I completely see your point, completely get, it's a very lonely situation for Mm -hmm. for you guys because because your ship's passing in the night, you're always alone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I have a partner and I am married, but I'm by myself. Yeah, a lot of the time, yeah. And Paul's the same. Like, you know, again, because of the shifts that he works, we try to schedule it as best we can so that, you know, we have time together as a 
family of four and, you know, all that type of stuff. But a lot of times it's, you know, he's alone too. Like if his hours that he works, when I'm at work, I'm a nine to fiver. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes like the morning piece is usually like with the shift that he works, that's where he does the alone thing. So he is, you know, I'm up and gone and he mm-hmm. is the one who gets up, gets, you know, kids ready and whatever and treks them to school and whatever. And then he's got whatever, he might have different amounts of time to himself or whatever, and then going off to work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so his day, like from sun up to sundown, it's, you know, the parent in the morning, the and then he's off to work. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I'm up and out the door and I work, 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 work and come home and do the parenting thing, you know, until sundown. Like, it's yeah. just, but it, that is. Do you think that, um, but like, although our situations are com- are completely different, and I think there's common ground there, but do you think there's a difference in the the married single parent who both partners work full time? Mm-hmm. It's like my um, I guess observation of that is you still are able to rely on one another mm-hmm. in the sense that you know that if you're not home and Mia has an appointment or whatever. Mm-hmm then Paul's going to take her. Yeah. Or if Paul, if Mia has an appointment, it needs to be canceled and you're working, well, mm-hmm. Paul will probably do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas I he think the mom, everything. A stay-at-home wife. Uh, yes. That is a different side of the same coin, yes. so to speak. Yes. So like we're talking about, you know, this married single parent thing, but for us two sitting here, they mean something quite different yes or that that life looks quite different it does even though it's kind of the same term and there is an element of connection and commonality in it yes it's still it looks very different for you yes for me it does yeah yeah. and I think the stay-at-home mom is being a mom being that person at home that's a full-time job absolutely and that's and, a huge argument people are having right now right because yes. women are you know like to be quite honest oftentimes finding that's not enough so mm-hmm. then it becomes this whole discussion right because you are not just a wife and a mother no you are so much more than that but it's almost like those societal expectations whether it's you know we've talked a little bit about um you know, relationship expectations and gender roles and roles within a relationship, things like that. So it's almost sometimes those built-in things that it's just the way that is. This is just the way, you know, we've grown up and, you know, you're in a relationship or whatever, you get married, whatever it is, kids come along. And certain things I find or have found in talking to a number of women especially over the past little while, certain things about that whole construct of, you know, family life, wife, mom, whatever, um, are universally the same. No Mm -hmm. matter, you know, who you are, certain things are those, okay, you come along to it and there's these expectations and you just kind of fall into it almost. And then all of a sudden, it's like we wake up. Yeah at some moment and we're like wait a minute what the fuck this is not what I signed up yeah. for you lose this yourself not- right yes. Com- completely lose yourself mm-hmm. and you know I I posted this post uh, I don't even remember exactly what it said but something along the lines of you know women need to be checked in on too like women moms 
grandmothers, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We are constantly checking in on everybody else, constantly looking after everybody else, our partners included, mm -hmm. and who checks in on us. And I got a, I got a response to that um, saying, this feminism thing doesn't work for you. And I thought, honestly, fuck you. <laughs> this, it's not about feminism. It's about the fact that who, who does check in on the married single parent? Mm -hmm. And yes, that particular post said women, but it could apply to men as yeah. well. It, it's whoever mm -hmm. the married single parent is. Who checks in on them? Yeah. I mean, my mom checks in on me, like, but, and my husband does say, are you okay or whatever, but nobody's booking my appointments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody's canceling my dentist appointments when I have something to do. It's yeah. that falls back on the stay at home mom mm -hmm. or usually one parent takes care of that shit, right? Yeah. The kids need to go to the doctors. Well, in my household, mm -mm, dad doesn't do that. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And I find some things, again, like, I don't know what it is about women, but certain parts of parenthood, I feel like, are, are like, almost built in. And mm -hmm. it's probably because, you know, watching our mother or our, whoever our parents were or whatever, it, you're almost, it's just almost innate. Like, you just, you just do it. But we're built like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas it seems sometimes that some partners... And I would say men in general, I'm going to get, you know, don't come at me. But, like, men in general, yes. they just aren't built that way. No. Those details and all those itty-bitty little things. Now, eight years in, Paul and I, and Paul is now, like, he actually does think about quite a few things that I would say, you know, even six years ago, four years ago, whatever, didn't really occur to him. But now they do. So, mm -hmm. and so oftentimes, like, <laughs> I would say that, you know... I don't think a man just naturally picks up these things and just, you know, baby's born, kids are born, and just all of a sudden, off he goes, and all of these things just kind of fall into his daily thinking and routine, right? Whereas mm -hmm. for women, it really, it, it does. I don't fucking know how, mm -hmm. but, and maybe because it does just seem to intrinsically fall into what we do, is that why oftentimes women are that like default parent they end up being kind of the main parent mm -hmm. in the dynamic and you know I have a friend um, a couple gay men and same thing like yeah. there is one of them that is the quote-unquote single parent in, yep. the, in the dynamic or they're they both are but he is the default parent the yes. one that the bulk of this stuff falls on so like, where does that come from? Why? Why is that? I don't know. I swear to God, it comes, it, it's deeply embedded in our genes. And whether it comes from our ancestors or whatever, I don't know. Maybe back when we were cavemen, that's just the way it was. But mm. I don't know. Like, it. I think, okay, fine. If my husband was at home and I was working full time, would there be this shift? Would everything that I do now go to my husband and things swap around? Mm -hmm. No, no, they wouldn't. No. No. And that's, I know, my husband probably won't listen to this episode because <laughs> it's girl talk. Um, so, and I know some people that know my husband will probably listen to this and they'll think I'm bashing him and I'm not. I'm just trying to say that this is the shit you can't say. 
that's what we're here for. And sometimes shit sucks. And I love him. And I think most people who are married and a single parent do love their partner very much. But they're maybe their partner's just not built that way. Yeah. Like you're saying, most women are built mm-hmm. to be the default parent. Yeah. It's just not that way for them, whether mm-hmm. it's nature or nurture, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what it is? Yeah. Um, but it There's is. There's a whole lot to this topic, actually. The more we kind of talk, the more like layers I feel like we could peel back on this. And I, I just... I think it is, you know, again, I, same thing, love my husband dearly, but I think too that it just kind of sucks that relationships are almost a little bit of like an entire learning process, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're, you know, together for so many years and hopefully you are living and learning and growing together Mm -hmm. and at some point coming to, you know, a place where you have a deeper understanding of each other. You, you know, I don't know, you can talk about and work with your partnership itself and build something that is, you know, fulfilling and, you know, something that is, that fills you both up within your relationship, right? Both as, you know, spouses to each other, as parents, you know, to your children, like to have both. And, you know, and then to be fulfilled individually as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many other bits and pieces to this. There are. And I think we should, if you're talking married, single parent, I think it goes beyond parenting. Mm-hmm. I think you have to get into the fact that as a married, single parent, you're also looking at the, the fact that you're doing everything else, the stuff that has nothing to do with the kids. Yes. I should preface this by saying if I'm talking about my own relationship, my husband does do a good deal of cooking and he does the grocery shopping because he knows I hate it Mm -hmm. and I just wouldn't go. (laughs) Figure out something else. (laughs) But there's the other shit like the car needs an oil change so you got to book that in. My husband doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. Occasionally he'll say, oh, I'll just take the car for an oil change but it's on a whim. Like it, Mm -hmm. that stuff doesn't get booked. The kids need a doctor's appointment. Again, we come back to parenting. The house needs to be cleaned. If it were up to my partner, the house wouldn't get cleaned. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would probably clean the toilet at some point, but otherwise we'd live in filth. Mm -hmm. Like there'd be dust and shit everywhere and whatever. You know, the dog needs to be groomed and that comes back to me. And the list kind of goes on. And like a married single parent, you sometimes end up with, and I really do hate to say this, but you end up with a partner who you love dearly and is your partner, but can also feel like a third child Mm -hmm. in that, you know, they need to go to the dentist because everybody needs to go to the dentist at some point. Yeah. But instead of them booking Booking their own appointment, Mm -hmm. you book it for everybody else, yourself and the children. So why wouldn't you book it for him? That's right. Yeah. And when he needs, when I look at him and I think like, there's something not quite right. You need to go to the doctor if I don't book the appointment, he won't go. He will not go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same with my husband too. Those yeah. little things too. Yeah. There's like that whole thing about, you know, mothers raising men, boys, whatever, into men, hopefully. And it's hilarious because you, <laughs> you raise this child and our goal as parents, in my mind anyways, is that you're supposed to be raising them to be, you know, independent, fully functioning. Yes. Uh, yes. Contributing members of society. Yeah. 
And I'm sorry, let's just be real, but a lot of times they're just not. Or it then falls on their spouse, their wife, whoever, to fucking teach them that shit. And yes. be like, I ain't your fucking mama. <laughs> yes. What the fuck? J-Lo yes. said it best. Yeah. I ain't your mama. Like, yeah. fuck. What is that? Why? I, I, and you raise daughters. Yeah. And it's different. It's like, I look at... I have a son and I have a daughter and my daughter, she is not like super independent. Mm -hmm. She isn't, she's very different than I was growing up. And I'm not sure that she's the type to, I mean, she's still 18, so she's still young, but she's not the type who would be looking after a partner. Mm -hmm. I just don't see that for her. And I'm happy. I am happy that that is the way because I don't want her to have to, raise a partner. Yeah. I want her to be able to just raise children if that's what she wants or just have a happy life yeah. and that's it. Two but my grown people that's should right. be able to walk into a relationship and you know whatever spit at a baby together and not and, need training. And not need training. Yeah. Why does one of the you know or the shit that you do have to learn as a parent cuz let's fucking face it nothing can prepare you for parenthood. But at least you both come at it from that same place. As, you know, grown-ups <laughs> yeah. who can look after themselves. Yeah. And then you're trying to learn all the shit about parenting together. Yeah. But at least you're kind of coming in on an even level. Whereas when you're coming in, I know this sounds insulting, but it's just fucking true. You know, <laughs> for the most part. You, you know, you come into it. And like you said, like, they're a little bit of a child sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they get so mad when we refer to them like that. It's very... I, you know what? If my husband listens to this, he's gonna be he's gonna be offended. I think yeah. I don't want him to be. Yeah. Because I'm being honest, mm-hmm. and it's this shit. This is the part of the shit women can't say yeah. that is scary shit. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're we're talking about stuff that we keep in our head, and we maybe talk to like our best friend or something about it, but we don't actually say out loud to other people, uh, and a lot of people perhaps. Yeah. And it it's. It's hard. Yeah. And it, we don't go in depth. No. Right? Like sitting there having a conversation with our partner about this. And, you know, yeah, my husband too will probably listen to it and probably have some feelings around it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the thing is, you could sit there face to face and having this conversation with them, but those feelings are going to get in the way. Yes. Right. So, and that's the thing. We then, you know, um, I know for myself, I'm learning how to not be responsible for other people's reactions and feelings yes. and things like that. But to just hold space to even have this discussion, that is something that a lot of people still as adults have not learned. No, and I think too, like, y- you get defensive, right? Like, yeah. if, if my husband was coming at me and saying, like, you don't do a whole hell of a lot, which he said in anger but I know he doesn't mean because I know what I do I know my worth um but if he if he was coming at me saying like I'm doing everything I would I would be on the defensive for sure and when you're on the defensive you say nasty shit in return so it creates a barrier to the conversation so for you and I to sit here and for anybody listening like we can sit here and have this conversation and it it holds a completely different space for this conversation to happen yeah And these are the conversations that are important. What do you think about discussion around expectations before entering into a relationship or having children? Oh, I think it's friggin' paramount. I think it it absolutely has to happen from experience. It doesn't, 
um, it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. When when I met my partner, for example, I had a house by myself. He had a house by himself. He did all his cooking, cleaning, but but I should <laughs> there should have been a, a warning sign there because when I moved in um, or before I moved in when we first met. He had a shitload of laundry that needed to be done. And it, I seriously... You don't see that on the date. <laughs> there should have been a fucking neon sign right beside the laundry machine that said, you better get him trained right now. This I mean, is waiting for you. God, I, I sound like such a bitch. No, but not at all. It, it is what it is. But yes, I think just you need to have that discussion on what your expectations are for your relationship and to make it 100% clear, no, I am not your mama. I am not doing all this shit for you. You need to go to the doctor, book your own appointment. Mm-hmm. You need this, do that, whatever. But I think you also need to talk about we're going to have babies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because those conversations, they can't happen on the first date or the second date or the whatever. You're all caught up in all the fucking sexy shit. Yeah. And then by the time you get to a place where you feel safe enough to have these conversations, it's too fucking late. You're already emotionally (laughs) invested and you don't fucking see any of that shit that drives you crazy five years in. That's right. Right? But yeah, having those conversations, I remember, so I was married once before at 21 and we knew each other from the time we were 14 and 16. So we knew each other very well. But, of course, during those years, we were each living with our parents at the time and whatever. So, I mean, getting to a place where you then, okay, move out, have your own place together and learn all those things. And we did kind of do that before getting married. Um, For Paul and I, it was a little bit different. And, like, we met and kind of everything progressed very quickly. And he kind of, you know, he moved in with me. And it was very quick. Like, within six months, we were moving in and already talking about spending our life together. And baby was on the way. Just to give you a little idea. (laughs) Full on gas pedal. But I feel like the conversations that you have when you're dating as a young woman versus the conversations I would have now. Like if I were to sit down with a man within now, like the first couple of dates, I'd be having these fucking conversations. I am not afraid to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. I am not afraid to lay down my expectations Mm -hmm. of a fully grown man. And, you know, and what my expectations are within the relationship. And I remember talking to one of my therapists about this, <laughs> that, you know, she's like, well, what have you discussed as far as expectations? And I'm like, well, fuck, we, um, we, we really haven't. We yeah. didn't discuss a whole lot. So then it's like, oh, well, shit. Okay, I didn't have this conversation. I didn't lay down these expectations. So how can I expect you to meet those expectations if you don't even fucking know? There's no crystal ball. And you can't read my mind. The same goes for him too, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I got I got no to stick ways. up for the man and or the other partner, I should say, yep. in this circumstance. As much as we need to talk about what our expectations are, they need to tell us what their expectations yep. are. And like if you, if you expect me to book your doctor's appointments, you need to tell me that shit. Like yep. if if you want me to be your personal secretary and your not babysitter, but your baby <laughs> mama, and you know your cook and your cleaner. Then I need to know that. Yeah. And then you you walk into things with your eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. And then if you get pissed off about the expectations it's later. Your damn fault. Like exactly. Yeah. Like, no, no, this was a fully conscious decision. This was a choice you made. Again, like those conversations aren't fucking sexy. No. So 
you will not be getting laid after that conversation. (laughs) It's just not happening. So where does that conversation take place? And do you think that's something that, like, really, honestly, I think I would say this to Mia. Like, when she hits that age where she's dating, I'll be like, do not be afraid to have these conversations, to lay down what your boundaries are, what your expectations are. And then also don't be afraid that if that boundary is crossed, that expectation is fully not, like, you know, blatantly disrespected, what do you do then? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. you got to have a backup plan. You, you do have to have a backup plan. If your partner doesn't fulfill your expectations, you need to know what the hell am I going to do what now? What are you going to do about it? Yeah. What's your, um, what's your non-negotiable? What's that point in your relationship where, you know, yeah, either this is going to work for me so that I don't feel resentment, I don't feel bad for asking for my needs, my boundaries, whatever, those types of things, because that's all the whole relationship is about. This is the shit you talk about in therapy is the, you know, the expectations, the needs, the boundaries, whatever, and being able to communicate that to each other. Mm-hmm. Do you think, like... I feel like my parents, we never talked about this kind of crap. No. This is not the stuff we talked about when I was 20 years old. No. It was, oh my gosh, he took me here and we went out to a nice dinner here and I wore this and I wore that and oh, we did this and, you know, all those little things and, you know, and then the, you know, later on or more serious relationships, oh, you know, I'm going out for a night and he makes me feel bad about it or the woman makes him feel bad about wanting a night with Mm -hmm. his buddies. Like all those little things that happen that you, you know, you bitch to your girlfriends about when you're younger. Oh my God, he did this. Can you fucking believe that asshole? And all those things like now, again, through experience, age, time, whatever. Now it's like, no, 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 no. Okay. Hindsight. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I think when we were growing up, I know when I was growing up, it was more like, is he polite? Is he kind to you? It wasn't, is he a fully grown adult that can take care of himself? Mm -hmm. That those words were never spoken. And I think through my relationships, I've been married three times. Um, The first relationship, I don't really count it. I was 19. I'm also bipolar, so... My second relationship was with my daughter's dad, and she has seen what transpires when expectations aren't met. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think she knows what the message is, and I have talked to her in depth about it. You know, you need to make sure that you end up with somebody who is responsible for themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Because you want to make sure that you are happy and you're not running a full-time job and a full-time job yeah. on top of it, of yeah. looking after somebody else. So mm-hmm. um, I think the conversation's different now. And where, what happens when the shit hits the fan? I, I mean, I've been divorced twice. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I now, as, as much as I've made it sound like I'm a married single parent, I do feel like that sometimes. But at the same time, I have talked to him about it, and I think there is an opportunity to talk about it, even if it's too late. Like, you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. said, it should be, we should have those conversations early on. Yeah. And looking back now, you and I would both be like, uh-uh, this is what we want in life. This is what we're not doing. These are the these yeah. are the boundaries. But I think there's an opportunity in marriage when you do feel alone and you do feel like you're struggling and you are at that point where you're like, fuck, I'm just a parent to everybody. Like I'm, I'm, all I am is a mom. All Mm -hmm. I am is 
a slave is what it feels like sometimes. Mm. I think there's an opportunity to talk about it. And I have seen an improvement since I have talked about it. But I think we have to be careful too saying married single parent because single actual single moms and actual single parents may feel offended by that. I read some studies online that said it is really kind of offensive. Do I understand why it's offensive? Not really. Not really. Mm-hmm. For for genuine married single parents who really are doing everything, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Yeah. It's It's the same. I think all of those things that make us feel that way are kind of universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's also where the term is coined from. Right. Yes. Though, you know, you are a single parent. And so if you are an actual single parent, you know, all of those things that you think about um, when you think about describing that person, that is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So it is the same thing in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I just happen to be in a relationship on top of that. Yeah. A partnership or whatever you want to call it. Like it's. I think maybe the the difference is, is that. The assumption is that the married single parent is married and getting love and affection and attention, but that's not all that's needed in a relationship, I don't think. And the other piece, too, for a single parent, they can just kind of call the shots on their own, make those decisions, make whatever. Like, there's nobody else to consult mm-hmm. on things. There's nobody else to, um, you know, have expectations of and see whether those are being met or not met. Right? Within a relationship, there's a whole other person who has needs and expectations and all of those things that we have, and you're trying to manage that on top of. That's right. All of it. Yeah, that's right, for mm-hmm. sure. And I say I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm, I'm a home and I am a mom, but I do things to fulfill my time and I, I do try and um, kind of stimulate my own mind by, mm-hmm. by going out and doing some things. Stay-at-home moms who feel like married single parents can't say, well, I'm a married single parent Mm -hmm. and that is my job. Like, I can't find time in the day to do shit Yeah, because I'm looking after everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like like, there's a lot of shame, I think, around saying these things. Mm -hmm. I can can tell, like, even, like, you feel guilty saying some of these things. And the conversation is more prevalent now, but like I think of 1940s, 50s housewives and I'm like, no fucking thank you. If I had been born into that era and I realized that they, you know, probably didn't know a whole lot different, right? What you grow up in and what you see is, you know, there's that whole nature versus nurture thing. The environment, it it counts for something. But when I like thinking of who I am now, like there's no freaking way. And I mean, you've seen it all in the movies and all that kind of stuff too. You know that women back then didn't want that either. Some yes. of them didn't. A lot of them. But didn't. they glamorize that shit in the movies. Oh, they totally. fucking totally like they make it look like their hair was perfect every day, and they had these beautiful little dresses and aprons, and you know, pranced around the house. That it wasn't fucking like that. Yeah, it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. But can I picture you that way now? Like, (laughs) me that way? I am a stay-at-home mom. Am I, do I get up and do my hair and makeup every day and make sure I'm beautiful for my, no way, Mm -hmm. no way. So already, like, you know, within that generation, there was already women who were, you know, kind of. Changing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. interesting. 
So yeah, there's a whole lot that can come out of this discussion, but um, maybe we just kind of table this one here for now. Yep. And we can talk a whole lot more, peel back that onion, so to speak. Yep. A little more. I think next week we definitely have to dive into some more expectations. You know, like uh, what we expected uh, when we were pregnant <laughs> and what we thought parenthood was going to be like mm -hmm. and all the shit nobody told us. I think we have to go there. Sounds good. 